0: Hi everyone, welcome to episode 5 of the University of Greenwich Sustainability Podcast. If this is your first time listening, this is a podcast to discuss sustainability at the University of Greenwich and our wider lives. Hopefully with these short podcasts, we can provide a good starting point for you guys to delve into sustainability topics and hopefully engage with the wider sustainability team or eco team projects. So I'm joined here by Henry Setter. Henry, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, so my name is Henry Setter, uh, I'm the current Greenwich student president for at least a few more months and I've been a student of Greenwich, I did psychology and I've been working in the student union for the past
0: two years. Great, thanks. So um, if you've listened to some of our other episodes we like the speaker to sort of deliver a fun fact. Have you got a fact for us today Henry? yeah it's a very very fun fact um so (laughs) i i actually have a
1: phobia of killer whales which is um it's quite interesting one because a lot of people say well when will you ever interact with killer whales well that's exactly what a phobia is they're supposed to be irrational and they give me horrible anxiety even when just talking about it so let's swiftly move on from that
0: (laughs) yeah that's a good one so this episode will be focused on henry's role as the um greenwich student union president and the sustainability goals and the lessons learned so just as a bit of background what is your role as the student union president and what are your responsibilities and what have you enjoyed most
1: well it's a really um interesting and diverse role that I have as president and I, I work in a team of officers but there's four of us so I talk a bit about what we do as a, as a team of four but I lead that that team in the work that we do so we, we represent the 20,000-ish students across Greenwich campuses uh, in London and Kent. The, what we kind of do is we act as a messenger from listening to the student body and hearing about their issues and things that are not going too well or things that are going really well they want to see more of, and we then report that back to the university. But what we also do is we campaign. So if there's something that's not going very well or something that we want to see at the university, we use our membership in senior university meetings to um, to basically ask for that. and. The whole aim is to improve the student experience for all of the members of of the university. Uh, It's a real honour actually doing my job. Um, I've been really grateful for holding this position. I've done it for one year and then last year I I was a vice president. Both are elected roles so you get elected in March and you basically either take a year out of your university degree or you do it at the end of your degree which is what I did. You said what's my favourite part? Well it's really about getting to interact with students which is a lot harder when you're stuck in your bedroom um, uh, for COVID but also really creating the change that others can benefit from and one of the things I really remember well is I ran a campaign last year around improving the access for students who have kids so one of the things we didn't have is we didn't currently allow students to take their child into the library they were going to pick up books or do some studying and we worked with the university to allow them to bring those children in and so rather than having to wait outside the child can now come in they'll get a little induction they'll learn about what the library is and it's a much more welcoming environment for those students who have kids who otherwise would have been locked out of that service they're the really kind of benefits that i get to see
0: well oh, that sounds really interesting so um what's the student union president's role in creating a sort of green student union so if on the sustainability side Well, one of the big things we always say about um, officers is that you're supposed to bring the
1: things that you care about to the table. It's really important in a political role that we're in that we steer the union in a way that we think is best for our members, which is the students. So we sit on internal strategic boards and we can drive union-wide change through what we do. So try and talk more about sustainability is something that I've done this year and uh, you know, there's, there's lots of examples where um, we've been able to make small tweaks that will make a long dis- difference in the long term. For example, I guess the, we run a coffee shop and um, it was really important to me that the coffee shop was sustainable and within a year, just through having conversations with those who run that service, we managed to move to have all of our cups and lids and stirrers all to be uh, biodegradable, which was something that we were really keen for. So we can enact change within the union but also we can then use our positions in university meetings to try and influence the university's work.
0: So you've already mentioned the campaigning aspect and the passion of the officers. So I also read on the GSU website the comment on the passion of GSU members and their enthusiasm to act on climate issues. Do you have any specific examples of climate action from other GSU members I know you mentioned the coffee shop but would you like to share any more and how has the GSU sort of supported these actions?
1: Yeah I mean what we're supposed to do really at GSU is we have two clear goals it's something that underpins all the work that we do um, and that's to empower students to change the world and to have a great time at Greenwich and those two things we work to make sure that everything we do relates back to them. So through running our society function and our sports function, we really encourage students to build communities and when they do that, we want them to, you know, go out and, and go into the world and interact and create change where they can. So in terms of the specific things that I've seen from our, our members, I'm really proud of the Eco Team Greenwich, which launched this year, where we brought together students and staff to basically run campaigns but also just talk about sustainability and further their knowledge and understanding of it and and meet new people with similar interests. And that's something that I I think is really powerful. And that's what I think people come to university for is to meet people and create those connections and and, and where possible learn, learn from other people who have perhaps had different journeys in life. So the eco team I'm really proud of uh, and some of the campaigns they've run have seen really good in, um, have seen really good involvement for across the university. Um, but specifically, I think that the Amnesty Society this year, who have put a real focus on the sustainable development goals and um, ethical um, consumption, ethical trading, they've done some amazing work. And I think you know they would be a great person to interview on these podcasts because they've done brilliant work, both within the university walls and sort of outward facing as well. And I've got one or two pieces of clothing off them in one of their clothes swaps, which have been a highlight of my year, I think.
0: That's great. So I'm sure doing all these things, there have been some challenges along the way. And what sustainability lessons have you learned both at your time as Greenwich as president and as a uh, student? Well, I've got two main things. One's a small one.
1: I think for me, when you buy a cup of coffee having a keep cup is great. It's really simple to do. But I tell you what, they're a real pain because they leak in your bag. I've had books that have gone covered in coffee because of it. So I guess one of the lessons I've learned is, you know, invest in a good keep cup. Or I'm never too far from a mug at work. Uh, That's not a comment on the people I work with. Um, But it is certainly uh, something that I think is really good is that it's, it shouldn't be a status icon to have a Starbucks cup. I think it's now becoming more um, of a status thing to have a reusable cup. But I guess the other thing which I think is really important and a really big and rather gnarly issue that will always be there is how you know environmentalism and sustainability is intrinsically linked, I think, to capitalism and class. And it's really important to understand this when approaching how we can change people's habits, because I'm lucky that I am aware of my privilege. And by having a strong financial position, I've been able to make decisions such as going vegan, which you know a couple of years ago was a really expensive decision to make. And I think that's something that we need to really consider. But we can all do our bit. And as long as we do our bit within our own means, we should definitely celebrate that. So, However you make a difference, I think it's really important to understand you can do your best, but we're not expecting you to, I don't know, go down the picket lines and tear down the, uh, the, the oil industry because people don't have time for that. But if you can make a small change in your life, then you know, that's something that we should all aspire to do wherever we can.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with some of those points. I agree that the role of GSU can be to support those choices make it easy when possible. So how does the sustainability strategy of the Student Union fit in with the sustainability strategy of the university? Because I know they're kind of separate, but they work parallel with each other all the time. Yeah, I mean, the union doesn't
1: necessarily have a formal sustainability strategy. However, we are embedding key principles of sustainability in the work that we do. And we're heading towards the creation of a standalone sustainability strategy the way the union works is we're heavily guided by our student members and through democratic processes like in government you can pass policy and you can make things happen um, like that but one of the things we also are is we also are a financial institution so there's always a trade-off between you know stripping out all of the bottles of of cocoa we sell in the shop and then it turns out that shop can't make any money and then we have to close down that service which is supporting students who live in Avery Hill so with sustainability, it's always with um, caution that we do that, but in any place where we can identify easy ways to make things more green, for example, we have uh, in our lower deck bar, all of the plates are made out of uh, leaves and they're biodegradable, and that was a really easy thing to do and students um, reacted well to that. So. In terms of our sustainability work as a union, we do the best we can. Um, But in terms of the university, well, I mean, the university are merited based on uh, both how much they do for sustainability, but also about what the student union does. So often it's about working collaboratively there. But really, with any large strategy that the university are producing, they should always consult and include the students, of which the union is well, you know, we're well versed in doing that. We've we've been involved in lots of strategies across the past two years I've worked here. So I think in terms of how the union work and the university work interrelates, well, there are things that we can't do because the university are our sort of parent body. Um, for example, if we wanted to move out of the office in Dreadnought and move into a completely um, wind-powered building, well, we'd have to ask the university for money to do that, and that's really difficult um, in the current climate. So. They are massively linked, but there's also things about joint campaigning, Um, we can do stuff which we feel is much more student-led and actually that then is is quite a good um, advertisement for the university if they've got good student activity going on. So as much as the two strategies uh, and the work interplays, there are certainly things that the union does uh, a lot better and there's certainly things the university have a lot more power to do, Um, but together, actually as much like the eco team, it has shown there's quite a lot of benefits to that collaboration. So I think they're both really important, um, but they're even more important when they're working together.
0: So um, just a bit of background to the next question. Since 2016, there's been a growing movement urging local and national governments to declare a climate emergency, with Scotland becoming the first country to declare a climate emergency in April 2019. So in October in the previous year, the GSU Student Assembly asked the university to declare a climate emergency. Uh, Were you involved in that and what is the significance of declaring a climate emergency and how will that affect the GSU and the sustainability strategy of the university?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I was was involved in that. As president, I chaired the student assembly and it it was something that I really, really supported and I was grateful to see a student bring that to the assembly. Now for me, uh, the declaring of a climate emergency is a really interesting subject that has been debated well across um, student unions because the significance for me is not in the declaration but in the commitment to play a part in reducing our effect on the climate. So um, we discussed this later in the year actually um, after October where it seemed like declaring climate emergency as a university after the UK government had declared it felt a little bit like we were you know sort of encouraging something that's already happened. So what we decided to do is actually we wanted to you know, state our commitment to the climate. And so rather than making a declaration of a climate emergency, make a declaration of climate commitment. Um, And that's something that's really important to me. But I also think that since these bodies and universities and governments have all declared climate emergencies, it's hard to see really what they've done to map out that work. People have talked about how we need some sort of Luddite revolution and turn back the tide to go back to sort of our basic um, way of living, you know, 100 years ago before the Industrial Revolution. But but really, I think we really need to open our eyes to all the things that we can do. Um, I, I'm reading a really interesting book at the moment, which talks about how the natural commons, the things around us that are um, that are owned by us all, things like public parks and, you know, the, the air that we breathe is under attack. And one of the things I'm really interested in is this thing about how our life has changed um, as a result. So after World War Two, the UK had over a million allotments where people could grow their own vegetables, be self-sufficient. And slowly, these allotments have been taken away because local councils aren't being funded to protect these. Um, and instead, they're having mini Tesco's built on the allotment sites. And I think it's really interesting how these kind of slow underfunding of key, you know, uh, public goods, things like you know, our, our the trees that line our streets and um, the parks that we walk around when, you know, we're all stuck in our houses, they're being underfunded and it's forcing us into this sort of turning a blind eye to all this waste and consumerism. I just think it's it's really interesting how even with all these climate commitments, terrible practices are still happening. And they they are so distanced from the effect of some of the political decisions that are being made that it's hard for anybody who isn't an expert to see what's happening. So back to the original point about the university well the university can commit to whatever it does. But unless you are an expert in universities, which as student officers, we try to be, um, it's really hard to see you know, whether or not we're getting any better um the university has been recognized for its work on sustainability which is fantastic but universities aren't inherently green institutions so we might be top 10 in the world in the university league boards but actually we're flying people all over the world um to look at colleges to create partnerships when we can now we now know we can do it over over the internet so as much as you know these climate commitments earlier in the year and and last year were good i think actually the the COVID-19 crisis has shown how quickly governments and people can change their behaviours. And um, it gives me hope, but I think it needs to be backed up by policy that some of the positive changes, for example, the air quality and uh, um, the use of our parks and things like that, it needs to be protected. Um, So hopefully more than just commitments will be made and and people will actually put the work in.
0: Great, thanks, Henry, that was a really good answer. So you mentioned working with the local councils. Do you um, ever work with the local council, make sure, again, that it's parallel with their sort of climate strategy or any actions that they have?
1: It's really interesting because the the answer is no, we haven't, not me personally, but there are a hundred and other things that London councils are doing. I have worked with Lewisham Council and Greenwich Council on a number of other issues, for example, tackling hate crime, uh, private housing, Um, and safety so but it's really difficult with London because all of these councils are underfunded and they have to prioritize the things which um, are are sort of topical at the moment and in London that is about safety so it's interesting to see who is leading the way on some of the sustainability issues and when you take a closer look a lot of it is corporate giants who are funding um, what we call sort of you know clean your conscience projects where they can put lots of money into planting trees and forget the fact that all of their income comes from shares in deforestation companies. And so, you know, like I said, it's almost impossible um, to, to really know what what's going on in the world when it, there's just so many smoke and mirrors. And, and I don't claim to be an expert whatsoever, but being involved in sustainability and interacting with people both within the university and, uh, and, and further abroad, um, has helped me learn a lot. And I think where the local councils and these other um, sort of bodies can help is engaging with universities, because we've got young people willing to learn. And, you know, these are going to be the, the sort of the generation of tomorrow who are going to work in these jobs and hopefully support councils to be more green. So I definitely think there is more that the councils can do to engage with the university. Um, and, and I hope that that does happen. But regrettably, it's not something that I've had a huge amount of work with this year.
0: Great so just sort of looking back what's been your greatest achievement during your time as GSU president in terms of sustainability I know you've mentioned quite a few projects.
1: Yeah I'm really proud of the eco team and what it's done and, and I feel immensely proud again to, I think to have seen people who have engaged in that go on and become more engaged within the student union um, to see members of the ECO team running for you know roles like mine, uh, and two of them getting it was a great achievement, I think, for everybody involved in that community. One of the sort of smaller things, I guess, is before, uh, before my presidency, I was really keen on getting vegan options every day in the university and union food outlets, which was something that, it took me a long time to explain that we need this every single day, and it's not necessarily a financial decision, but something to say, know if you are someone who doesn't eat meat um and you're and you're vegan let's say and you're you know the restaurant that you sell only does vegan once a week and you're not quite sure which day you're never going to want to eat there you're going to bring lunch in each day and i think the fact that we got a commitment and then we saw that every single day there was a vegan hot meal uh, i thought that was a really
0: good if, if not small uh, achievement thank you so my final question outside of Your work as union president, do you have any other sustainability interests or projects you'd like to discuss?
1: I mean, it's really difficult, I think, now to engage in sustainability when we are in lockdown, which I think is really interesting. But people are still finding a way. I'm a a big advocate for the political movement in terms of how through our own democratic structures in the UK, we can make sure the right people are in the right place. So I always recommend people to get involved with their local politics, if they are a member of a political party, to get more involved and ensure that sustainability is on the agenda for for the the candidates and the councillors and the MPs that you select. It's something that um, unless we're all fighting on all fronts for, it's not something that's gonna just happen automatically. Really, I think that uh, I do what I can in terms of work to, to benefit sustainability. But personally, what I try and do is act as a, as a model and have conversations with mates about, hey, look, you don't need to take a plastic bag each time. Uh, I buy people sustainable gifts at Christmas, um, hopefully that they can uh, try and try and use um, I think my family are sick of getting it, actually. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, just trying to, I guess, model and do what I can personally. Um, and then when I'm at work, doing, using the platform that I'm given um, to do what I can.
0: Great. Thank you, Henry. And thank you for sort of all your answers, some really interesting points covered. Yeah, if the listener would like to learn any more about sort of University of Greenwich sustainability, I'm sure the GSU website has... Uh, areas on that on it and also www.gre.ac.uk forward slash sustain yeah thank you for listening to this episode and thank you Henry for joining thank you Ryan cheers